a father like you. Oh, to any way you are, Why won't I join the child who would love a father like you? Oh, 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 oh,
Ghost, we know you are here. Holy Spirit, we know that you are here. I am that I am. We know that you are here. Once again, Spirit of God, we thank you today. We bless your name. We adore your name. We、we'll、give you all the praise and we give you all the adoration. We exalt your name, Lord Jesus, for your care, for your love, for your patience, for your compassion, for your grace upon our lives. Father, we appreciate you today. We thank you for all that you have done for us this very month of March. We are in the last week in the month, and we appreciate you, Lord Jesus, this very month. People have gone through a lot, a lot of pain, sickness, death, and all. But you've been gracious unto us. So loving and so kind, and we are alive today, and we are gathered once again this week on our prayer line at the hour of the ceremony, and we are appreciating you, we are thanking you, we are adoring your name, we are lifting up your name, 
exalting your name this morning, precious one, wherever you are. I want you to open your mouth wherever you are this morning and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I adore your name. Lord, I lift up your name. Lord, I, I, I exalt your name for your doing in my life. It's so awesome, so miraculous, so great and so powerful. Lord, I thank you today. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we come together as your children gathered here today once again this morning, praising you and giving Giving you all the adoration and giving you all the exaltation and giving you all the praise. Shadabo Shabalada Ratoli Biriada Spirit of God Li Gadadado Shebeledede Mantebedebo Li Kochi Antebelede Spirit of God wherever you are somebody just say Lord I thank you Lord I exalt your name wherever you are people of God praise the name of the Lord maybe you are at home you are at workplace wherever you are say Lord I thank you Lord I bless your name, Lord. I exalt your name, Lord. I give you praise. I give you all the adoration. I thank you for my life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all the wonderful things, all the miraculous things that you have done in my life, those that you are already doing and what you are about to do in my life. I appreciate you today. I adore your name, Lord. This very month of March 2022, you've been gracious unto me, Lord. We appreciate you once again. We thank you. We lift up your name today in the name of Jesus. This is the last week in the month, the last week in the month, and by the grace of God, you and I, we've had the opportunity and the privilege to see this very day, this very week. We are appreciating God, giving him all the praise and all the adoration for all the wonderful things and all the awesome things that he's doing for us. Lord, once again, we thank you, we bless your name, and we exalt your holy name. one of my favorite songs says beyond me God has looked beyond me I was naked and cold. 
Precious one, you are all welcome today. You are all welcome today. You are warmly welcome today to our prayer line at the hour of Gethsemane. Once again, God has been gracious and He has given us another wonderful and awesome week. We appreciate God. We are giving Him all the praise and all the adoration for all that He has done for us and unto us. An awesome week, a great week, a wonderful week that the Lord has given or the, the Lord has delivered unto us. But the Bible said we live and rejoice because God has given us life. The last week in the month of March 2022, this is a wonderful and an awesome work done by God and through our Lord and Master Jesus. That's why you and I, we are alive today and, 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 and blood is flowing through our system and we can open our mouth and we can say thank you. It is a wonderful thing that the Lord has done for us. So for that, we appreciate him today. We thank him. We adore his name. We lift up his name and we give him all the praise and we give him all the adoration. A living God, we serve a God uh, that love His people. We serve a God that appreciate His people. We serve a God that is that is merciful. We serve a kind God. We serve a compassionate God who looks beyond our flaws, who looks beyond our limitations, who looks beyond us and see what He has assigned and deposited inside us. Today, he has given us this privilege, this very opportunity to be gathered once again on our prayer line at the hour of Gethsemane. God bless you, precious one. You are warmly welcome. Something very quick from the book of Psalm 11, the verse number one to verse number three. Psalm 11, verse one, two, three. Psalm 1 verse, Psalm, Psalm 11 verse 1. In the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I take refuge. 
How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked buy their bows. They shut their arrows against the strings to shoot from the shadows at the upright heart. Verse 3. When the foundations have been destroyed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations have been destroyed, what can the righteous do? You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. See the love and the grace that you bought. So much that I can ever pay for. You have shown me mercy, God. You have shown me mercy. Oh, I'm the one. I'm the one. You have shown me mercy. You have shown me mercy. Psalm 11 was written by David. Most of the Psalms were written by David. Some were written by the Psalms of Korah and some other few writers. But most of the Psalms were written by David and Psalm 11 happened to be one of the handiworks of David. And in the verse number one, the Bible said, In the Lord I take refuge. In the Lord I take refuge, a footstop. How can you say to me, Free like a bird to your mountain? So David is saying that the Lord is his refuge. So why would any man or any enemy or any other ordinary person say to him to run away or to flee to his mountain why would somebody say or why would somebody put fear in him was he himself he knows very well that the lord is his refuge so he said the lord is that in the lord i take refuge Yes, in the Lord, I have my hope. In the Lord, I have my faith. Why then will you tell me to run away into my mountains? And the psalmist continue to say that, For look, the wicked bend their bows. They set the arrows against the string to shoot from the shadows at the upright heart. David knew very well that before God, he is an upright man through faith in our Lord. And David knew very well that anyone that put his trust in God, anyone that takes his refuge in the Lord, the world is his enemy. The world has become an enemy. So David is aware that his decision to take refuge in the Lord will bring an opposition, will bring an enmity between him and the world. 
He knew very well that the, 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 the wicked will be prepared to bend their bows. He knew that they would be ready to set the arrows against him and shoot him from the shadows. He knew very well that as an upright man, as a righteous man, the enemy will attack. So I am coming with just a short word of motivation to somebody that David knew that friendship with God, relationship with God, walking with the Lord, it means a lot to him. And he also understand that the world will always be against him. The world will always fight against him. The friends around him, they will deny him. His own children might deny him. He was aware. He knew this. But his entire faith and reliance was dependent on the fact that even if the whole world around him reject him, he has a bigger God. He has a bigger refuge. He has a bigger protection. Yes, the enemy will attack. Yes, the world will fight against him. Yes, the world will reject him. But he knew for a fact that he has a bigger God that is greater than the world. That is bigger than the world. So David said, In the Lord I take refuge. So he came to the verse number 3 and said, When the foundations have been destroyed, what can the writers do? It was a question. It was not a statement. It was, it was a statement of question unto the one that was telling David to flee like a bird to his mountains. So David knew very well that the foundation of the righteous cannot be destroyed because the foundation of the righteous is built in the Lord. Your foundation is built in the Lord. But if that foundation is destroyed, what will you do? What the righteous do? So David said, when the foundations have been destroyed, what can the righteous do? That is a prayer I want to pray with somebody. It was a question that David asked. So the verse 4 says that the Lord is in the holy temple. The Lord is on his, is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord seeks everything on this earth. His eyes observes everything. And he knows the righteous. He knows the righteous that take refuge in him. And he will not allow the foundation of the righteous to be destroyed. Because he knew very well that if the foundations are destroyed, the righteous will become nothing. The righteous will become like a chaff before the wind that can be blown away anytime, any moment. So the Lord will say, the Lord says that He will not allow the foundation to be destroyed. 
Because there's a foundation that builds the righteous. It is on the foundation that makes the righteous strong and not going back to the world and not being conquered by the enemy and not being taken away by the devil or by the evil world. So David said, in the Lord I take refuge. And if my refuge is in the Lord, then my foundation is what? Being built in the Lord. My foundations are strong. And the foundations cannot be destroyed. The foundation cannot be destroyed if it is built in the Lord. So David, knowing that his foundation built in the Lord, asked a question. That if the foundation be destroyed, what would the writers do? Yes, the foundation cannot be destroyed because it is built in the Lord. The enemy will come, the devil will come, as I said earlier. You, the world will be an enmity, there will be an enmity between you and the world because the world is not happy, the enemy is not happy, the friends around you, some family members will not be happy. Because you made that choice. Because you made that decision. So, most, it will be their wish that that foundation is destroyed and you are back to them, to them in the world doing what you used to do. But David said, because my refuge is in the Lord, I have the hope I have the assurance that it doesn't matter whatever happens, the foundation, because it is built in the Lord, cannot be destroyed. It cannot be blown away. If there is any wind, you cannot fall because your foundation is built on Jesus Christ. Your foundation is not built on any other thing Apart from Jesus. Your foundation is not built on your job. Your foundation is not built on your marriage. Your foundation is not built on your family. Your foundation is not built on anything apart from our Lord and Master Jesus. And if our foundation is built in Jesus Christ. Then I came to tell you. I am here to announce to you. That the foundation cannot be destroyed. The foundation of the righteous cannot be destroyed. The foundation of the righteous cannot be broken. The foundation cannot be shaken. Because it is built on our Lord. It is built on Jesus. And it is established by the blood of And the work of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. He laid the foundation. He built a foundation, solid foundation for you and I. A foundation that cannot be destroyed. A foundation that cannot be shaken. A foundation that cannot be blown away. That is the foundation he has laid for you and I, the righteous in the Lord. So, irrespective of whatever storm, he said, for the wicked, I said, for look, the wicked bend the arrows. So, if the foundation are built in the Lord, irrespective of whatever arrow bent by the wicked thrown against you, irrespective whatever bones of the devil 
that are stricken against you, your foundation cannot be destroyed. It cannot be broken nor shaken. Because it's built on Jesus Christ, it's built on the blood of Jesus, established by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are strong, we are powerful, we are mighty, we are great, we are solid. So don't be afraid of the storm, the terrors by night. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Because your foundation is laid on Jesus Christ and that foundation cannot be destroyed and that foundation cannot be shaken. God bless you, somebody today. If you are online, you can hear me. Just type a big amen right now. This prayer for you right now before we start with something very short. Let me pray this prayer for you right now. That in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your foundation cannot be shaken, your foundation cannot be destroyed, the foundation of your Christian life cannot be shaken. The foundation of your righteous life cannot be destroyed. I pray for somebody now that in the name of Jesus, that the foundation of your marriage cannot be destroyed. The foundation of your finances, the foundation of your business, the foundation of your career cannot be destroyed. In the mighty name of Jesus, whatever arrow of the enemy thrown against the foundation of your Christian life, may that be intercepted, my God, and be destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray for somebody now that any stricken, my God, of the enemy against the foundation of your marriage, Again, the foundation of your career. Again, so my God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, any arrow thrown again the foundation of your business. By the power of the Holy Ghost, may those arrows be destroyed. May those spear and javelin be destroyed. The foundation of your business cannot be destroyed.
destroyed. The foundation of your career cannot be destroyed. The foundation of your righteousness cannot be destroyed. The foundation of your salvation, my God, cannot be taken away in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare from the throne room of grace that may the power of God, Holy Ghost, may the glory of God descend from the heavens upon and unto your life now. That in the name of Jesus, whatever, whatever arrow that is thrown against the foundations of your life, may those arrows be destroyed. Arrows by day, arrows by night, may that be destroyed now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare prophetically from the throne room of heavens that may the heavens speak for you now. That may the heavens speak and intercede for somebody now. In the name of Jesus, your foundation cannot be destroyed. The Bible said, so then therefore, what would the righteous do if the foundation is destroyed? I pray for you in the name of Jesus. Your foundation cannot be destroyed. Your foundation cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, may your foundation be strong. By the power of God, may your may your foundation be solid, my God, like never before. May your foundation be strengthened and be empowered by the blood and by the working of the Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, no arrow thrown against you, no spear and javelin thrown against your destiny will stand from today. Because the Lord is our refuge, because the heavens is our refuge. In the mighty name of Jesus, no arrow thrown against your career, your education, oh my God will stand in the name of Jesus, because our Lord Jesus is our refuge, Jesus is our refuge. Your foundation cannot be destroyed, that foundation cannot be shaken, perspective of whatever arrow thrown from the camp of the enemy, my God. I declare that may those arrows be intercepted. May those arrows be stricken by the power of the Holy Ghost. When the foundations have been destroyed, what can the righteous do? Your foundation cannot be destroyed. Your foundation cannot be shaken. Your foundation cannot be broken in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Who act that great mountain before Zerubbabel, ye shall become a plain. Whatever mountain, whatever arrow that will be thrown against you, my God, whatever arrow that will be thrown against the foundation of your career, the foundation of your Christian life, the foundation of your marital life, those arrows cannot survive. I said, The arrows cannot survive. Because our refuge is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our refuge, we take our strength. We take our delight from the Lord. Our master Jesus. So the foundation cannot be shaken. No. The devil is a liar. The enemy is a liar. They think that if they destroy the foundation, 
They think that if they takes away that foundation, if they blows away the foundation, you become helpless. But they are liar. You will never be helpless. Because your refuge is in the Lord. Your strength is in the Lord. And our refuge, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, will not allow the enemy to destroy our foundation. Will not allow the devil to take away what belongs to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are blessed. You are favored today. You are honored today. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody type a big amen once again. Welcome you all once again, my dear sister Bridget. You are welcome. How are you doing? I believe you are doing well. God bless you, Bridget. You are welcome. You are warmly welcome. Also, welcome, Deaconess Gloria Chapman. Deaconess Gloria, how are you doing? I believe today you are doing I've seen your message. You are doing very well. We thank God for your life, Deaconess Gloria Chapman. God bless you so much. I also welcome my dear sister patient. Sister patient, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God that you are doing very well, my dear sister patient. Chumberry, my God bless you. God bless you, my dear sister Bridget. You are doing very well. By the grace of God, I'm also fine. I am doing well. My family is doing well. Thank you all. God bless you for always remembering us. Also in your prayers, my family is doing well, my kids are doing well, my wife is doing very well, and God bless you all for joining us today on our prayer line at the Hour of Gethsemane. You are welcome, Pastor Andre Jackson. Pastor Andre, how are you doing? I believe you are doing well. You are warmly welcome, Pastor Andre Jackson. Mommy, God bless you. You are warmly welcome. of God, I'm doing well. I'm also fine. I'm doing well. I'm, 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 I'm so blessed. I'm so favored. It's another wonderful week and um, the grace of God is keeping us. The mercies of God is keeping us. So we appreciate God and 
and and and and we give him all the praise and the adoration. You are also welcome, Madam Eva. Madam Eva, how are you doing? I believe you are doing well, Madam Eva. God bless you. Happy New Week. You are warmly welcome, Madam Eva. God bless you, Madam Eva. Welcome, my dear sister Dorcas. Dorcas, how are you? I believe you are doing well, my dear Dorcas, aka Tabita. God bless you, my dear. You are warmly welcome, Dorcas, wherever you are. God bless you, my dear. Be to God, I'm so happy to hear from you that you are doing well. You are also welcome. Mommy, how are you doing? I believe you are doing well. God bless you, and you are warmly welcome. God bless you. By the grace of God, I'm also doing well. I'm also doing well. My dear sister Tabita, I'm fine. I'm doing well. Shalom, my dear mommy. Ajua. Yes, by the grace of God. Yes, yes, yes. I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. And I'm highly favored. God bless you all. God. It don't matter what the weather, man, your light stays shining like the beginning of summer. You are my desire till the day that I retire. Took away my pain and replaced it with your desire. Now I am a man of dust, and thank you, Papa. Jesus, 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 till the day that I... Also welcome, Willie. Is it Willie at Tukuba? Willie, you are welcome. God bless you for joining. Our prayer line today at the hour of Gethsemane. Willie, you are welcome. God bless you. You are my desire. You're my all in all. You're the source of my joy. It be you, God, way I know. My hiding place. I'm so proud. I'm in my You're my rock of ages. You're my rock
Precious one, the whole of this month, we've been talking about the grace of God. We've been talking about the grace of God. And in fact, we've talked about a lot of things that I cannot go back to remind us of all of them. And at the ending part of last week, we had Apostle Paul Regina on, 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 our, on, on, on our prayer line to be a blessing uh, unto us from Wednesday until Friday. And uh, today, I have a very important thing to talk about that had to do with the grace of God. This week, we are ending the month and God willing, as I said last Friday, next week, I think from the beginning of this week, that's Friday, uh, that is the end of this week, rather, we'll start a three-day prayer and fasting. That's from Friday, Saturday, and then we'll end on Sunday. So let's prepare ourselves to begin the new month with prayer and fasting, three days. Anytime that the Lord um, don't or it don'ts on your heart to break the fast, you can do it. But just make sure you do you do it. Even if not all the three days, if you can do one day, two, or all the three, try to do that. But today I want to talk about do not abuse the grace of God. That is a sub theme I want to talk about today. We've talked about the grace of God. Since last, even last month, up to this month, it is, it's a very long series that we can't finish now. We can't finish grace now. But next month, that is the month of April, that is our one year anniversary on Port being here. We are coming with a new team. So we'll drop grace, possibly come uh, to wait another time. But I would like to end it here. Especially on this subject, do not abuse the grace of God. Do not abuse the grace of God. With the first definition of grace having to do with the unmerited favor and mercies of God towards us, and that this is the grace that we are actually saved by with our Lord. As we already talk about the saving grace, that it is through the grace of God that you and I, we are saved. We are being saved through the grace of God. So in Romans chapter 8, verse 30, 31, 32, we read some weeks ago, we saw that before We've been called to be sons of God. We were predestined or we have been predestined. And the Bible says that those that he predestined, he called. And those that he called, he justified. And those that he justified, he glorified. So last week, the beginning of last week, we talk about the glory of God. So, we are saved through the grace of God. And without the grace of God, you and I, we will not be here today. 
And if you remember, we also talk about the sanctifying grace where we have been sanctified, we have been cleaned, we have been washed. Because the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old life, the old attitude, the old behavior, all the things, God has taken care of that. And under the grace, there is no sin that is bigger than the grace of God. There is no sin that the grace cannot cover or that cannot be taken care of by the grace of God. So we are saved through the grace. We are forgiven through the grace. Our sins are being washed away through the grace. We are cleaned through the, through the grace. We are righteous through the grace of God. We are holy through the grace of God. So our entire Christian life, our entire Christian work is based on the grace of God. Without the grace of God, we are nothing. Without the grace of God, we have become what? Nothing. So today, I want to touch on something very quick. Do not abuse the grace of God. Do not abuse the grace of God. I want to talk about this is that since we know that there is no sin that cannot be taken care of by the grace of God, there is no transgression that cannot be taken that cannot be taken care of by the grace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What will happen next with some Christians, the underlying word that is with, with some Christians is that they will then try to, 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 to start to take advantage of this grace. In other words, they will start to try to abuse the grace. That because the grace abounds, because the grace of God is always available, that any time we call on God, the Bible said He is faithful. He is a just God to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and makes us pure. So some Christians think that there is a school of thought that says that one save, forever save. One save, forever save. Which means that if I'm born again, I am saved forever. Yes, which is not wrong. But a school of thought that had to do with one save, forever save, where people take advantage of that, that even if I'm born again, 
and I still go back to my old life and do whatever I want. I used to have a company of armed robbers where we used to go to rob innocent people of their belonging. Where we used to take people's belonging, we used to take people's possessions. Innocent people. And I'm born again. And we say once saved, forever saved. I am born again. The blood has washed me. The grace has taken away my sins. I have become a new creation. So, because the graves are bound, I can go back to that old life, join my colleagues or my, 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 my former friends to go back to the robbery and rob the people, innocent people of, of their possession and still come back to God and say, God, you know that I'm saved and your word say I, I, I'm forever saved. So God forgive me. Then the next day you go back. Then the next day you go back. It means that you know exactly what you are doing. That it is not right. But you go back doing it. That is where the abuse of grace comes in. And that is why I'm talking about this thing today. Do not abuse the grace of God. I want to read some texts. Some two texts. And let's continue right now. Let me read from Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and the same Romans chapter 6, verse 14, and then verse 15. It reads like this, Romans 6, 1 and 2, reads like, What? What shall we say then? It is a question. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. There is a question and the question has been answered. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Let me go to the verse 14 and verse 15. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are, for you are not under the law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace 
Certainly not. That is the answer. Certainly not. Body, my soul belong to you, God. Lord, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way in me. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. I have your way. Welcome, my dear sister Lydia Ayensu. Lydia, how are you doing? You're welcome. God bless you, my dear sister Lydia. God bless you. So, from the two scriptures that I just read from the book of Romans, written by Paul the Apostle, as I was saying earlier, that once you realize, or once some Christians, are you the word, some Christians, Realize that all of past things, even the present and the future, things will be fully forgiven under the blood that Jesus has already shared for us. It becomes very easy to want to get lazy and then be tempted to want to push. The envelope with God, the Father, to see exactly what you can get away with it and how far you can push certain things with Him. All what I am trying to say is that there are some Christians, after realizing that our sins being washed away is by the work of the grace of God, our past, even the present, believes that if I keep on, the grace will still abound. The grace is still available to save me, to wash me, to clean me, to make me holy. But from the two scriptures that I read, Paul, the apostle, is telling us something. I think which is opposite to what some Christians will think about the grace of God. Notice in the first verse, Paul is telling us that though we have been saved by God's grace, this does not mean we can go back to our sinning ways again. We have been saved. We have been cleaned. We have been washed. We have been born again. In fact, we have died to sin. We have died to sin. So Paul is telling us 
that it doesn't mean that we can go back to that same way. Paul is telling us that we cannot use the grace of God that we have. The grace of God that God has given unto us as an excuse or alliances to keep on sinning. So he asked a question. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Question. And the answer is certainly not. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2. Certainly not. How shall we be dead to sin? Leave he said, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? If we are born again, we have died or, or, or we've died to sin. So how can we say that we are dead to sin but still live in sin? No, it doesn't work like that. So Paul is saying that Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Today I'm talking about do not abuse the grace of God. Paul is saying that yes, the grace is available to forgive our past sin, our present and even the future. But we shouldn't make it a point that because the grace abound, we should continue to sin because we are dead to sin. So how, how long will we or why will we decide or want to go back to what we are dead to? What we are dead to. We still want to go back and live in that. Paul says certainly not. Not at all. So grace does not give the Christian, the child of God, alliances or an excuse to keep on sinning. No. Paul says never. So the second verse says that for sin shall not have dominion over you. He said, for sin shall not have what? Dominion over you. Before that, he tells us that we have now died to sin. And that shall no longer live and wallow in sin. God's grace it's not an open invitation to keep on sinning. And the second verse then tells us that God's grace has now set us free from sin. And the power it used to have over us, that power has been taken. We have died. The power that sin used to have over us, God through the work of Jesus, has taken that power of sin over our life. So this verse specifically is telling us that sin shall no 
shall not have what dominion over us. Because the power of sin over us already has been taken by the work of Jesus. So sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion. Sin shall not have power over us. And that we cannot go back to sinning again just because we have now been saved by God's grace. So the fact that we are saved by the grace and the grace of God is available, the grace of God is always there for us, does not give us an excuse or a lances. It does not give us an, invite, an open invitation to keep on sinning because the grace abounds. Paul said, certainly what? Not. Certainly what? Not. Not at all. So when Paul tells us that sin shall no longer have dominion over us, what is he trying to tell us? What he's trying to tell us is that God's grace and power can now help us overcome the desires to want to sin. He said sin will no more have dominion over us. It means that the power and the grace of God will now help us, will now assist us, will now alert us, will now convict us, will now draw our attention. It will now give us an edge over the desire. There is no scripture that will tell you and I that when we are born again, the desire to go back to the world will not arise. The feeling will not come. No. The desires will come to go back to the world, to go back to the stealing, the gossiping, the fornication, the, the, the drinking, and all that we can make mention of. The desires will come, but the grace, God's grace and His power is not available to help us to overcome those desires. The desires to want to sin, the grace will give us the edge, the power and the mind to overcome those desires. And if by chance or any ways or means we do fall into a heavier temptation or sin area, then God's grace and power can help us pull us out of it and help set us free from it. Which means that it is not something that was an intent. It was not something that you decided yourself to continue doing. But along the line, you fall into it. The grace is available. But with an intent, knowing very... Sorry. But with an intent, knowing very well what you are doing, there is something we call willful sinning. Willful sinning, which means that you know exactly what you are doing. You know that it is sin. When you were Start, when you were about doing it, the spirit prompted you that, hey, that is not right. You knew very well, but you went ahead and do it. 
for once. The next time you went ahead and do it. Two, you, 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 fact, you kept on or you keep on doing it. It is a willful sin. You know exactly what you're doing. And this is exactly what Paul is saying. That because of this, because of the grace, should sin abound? No, certainly not. But along the line, if you fall, the grace is still available. And you show that kind of remorse. Remorse. There are some people, they say they are Christian, they sin and still feel proud and arrogant in their sin. So happy. Doing a wallowing. That is a wallowing in sin. Yes. They sin and still feel proud. They are still happy about what they are doing. Knowing very well that what they are doing is not right. No sign of remorse. No sign of regret. These people, Paul is saying that because of the grace, should we continue to sin? And the answer is certainly not. So that is why Paul came to the verse number 14 and 15 and said that, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin having dominion over you is when you have become Christian and you still keep on sinning. It means that sin is having a dominion over you. It means that sin is having power over you. It means that sin is now controlling you. So Paul says, no. For certainly not. He said, for sin shall have no dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. That is the answer. Certainly what? Not. So, if we are under the grace of God, sin will have no power. Sin will have no dominion over us again. Because anytime sin tries to come in, the grace prompts us, the grace alerts us through the Holy Spirit to resist it, to be aware that there is sin, and flee from it, and run from it. But when you see it, and you have every door to run away, and you are not able to run, you rather embrace the sin. You rather welcome the sin. Example, was Joseph. Joseph had a free scholarship. Joseph had a free scholarship from Mrs. Potiphar. Mrs. Potiphar gave a scholarship to Joseph. She gave a blind check to Joseph that Joseph, I am all yours. Do whatever you want with me. But Joseph says, I will not sin against my father, that is my God in heaven, neither will I sin against my master. This was what Joseph said. I will not sin against my God, neither will I sin against my master Potiphar. So Joseph fled. He fled. So it means that at that particular point, Joseph had an edge over sin. Joseph had power over sin through the work of the Spirit of God. And nowadays, by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit is with us. He always prompts us. 
He always alert us, knowing very well that what you are going to do, where you are entering, what you are picking, what you are talking about is not right. So flee. So Paul said, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For sin will not have dominion over you. So Joseph did not allow sin to have dominion over him. But he rather had what power over sin. He had control and he was able to resist the sin that was coming his way or that came his way. And that is an example that God expects from every child of God. That we are dead to sin. So no more will sin have power or dominion over us. So all our old ways, our old behavior, our old attitude, as I said earlier, surely they will certainly come again. The feelings, they will be there. The fact that you are born again does not mean you don't have a feeling, no. That does not mean that if you see a young lady looking so beautiful and sexy, you will not feel anything for the young lady. Seeing a young man looking so good and strong means that you will not have anything for the young man. Yes, the feelings are that we are human beings. We are flesh. The feelings will come. The desires will come. Everything will still be there. But the Holy Spirit is always there for us. The Spirit of God is always there to prompt us. So one man of God said something. He said, you can erect, but don't follow the direction of your erection. Yes. It will come. The edge will come, but don't follow the direction. Don't allow the sin to have power over you. If not, we are abusing the grace. When Paul tells us that sin shall no longer have dominion over us, what he's trying to tell us is that God's grace and power can now help us overcome the desires to want to sin. Yes, the desires to want to go back to that sin, go back to that old life, that old attitude. The God's, God's grace and power can help us. It's always ready to help us. The last thing I want you to understand is that no matter what kind of heavy sin area you may have fallen into, whether it is be to a highly addictive Like maybe drinking or doing drugs or fornication or adultery or some type of criminal behavior. God's supernatural power can deliver you. God's supernatural power can deliver you and set you completely free from the sin you are willing to take if you are willing to walk 
if you are willing to allow the Spirit of God to rule over your life, irrespective of how addictive it is, irrespective of how influential that sin is over our life, if we allow ourselves, God's supernatural power will deliver us completely from that. And we will not go back to that old life. And we will not go back to that old attitude. There is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. There is what? Absolutely nothing that the power and grace of God cannot set you completely free from. If you are willing to walk with Him, there is absolutely nothing. There is no behavior. There is no attitude. There is no character. There is no way of life. Absolutely nothing that the power and the grace of God cannot set you free from. So whatever old life, whatever sinful life, the power of God and the grace of God is capable of completely delivering you, completely taking away that behavior, that attitude. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are welcome. I welcome you, my brother George Free. George, you are welcome. Cynthia, Cynthia, you are welcome. How are you doing? Leslie, you are also welcome. God bless you. Meshach, Meshach, how are you? You are welcome, and I believe that you are doing very, very, very well. You are so warmly welcome today. God bless you all for joining. God bless you all for coming today and i believe god so strongly that the spirit of god is blessing all of you please let me just add some few things and then we will close for today i'll pray we'll pray and then we'll close for today
God bless you, Pastor Andre Jackson. God bless you You and I to understand that it is only the grace of God that will save us and set us free from the power of sin. It is only the grace of God that will save us and set us free from the power of what? Of sin. And it is only the grace of God. That will also give us the power and the ability to be able to stay out of sin. Please take this place very careful. Out of sin means that already you are born again. The grace has saved you. And it is only through that grace that we can have the power and the ability. To be able to stay out of sin, out of sin after we've been saved, after we've been born again, without the power and the ability of grace, we will still be smiling at sin. We will still be smiling at our old life and want to go back to the drinking, want to go back to the smoking. Want to go back to the stealing, want to go back to the fornication, we want to go back to that past life. And it's through only the grace of God, it is only the power and the ability of God's grace that can help us to stay out. That is when, when the sin, the evil is coming. The Spirit of God 
which is also the spirit of grace, of which I talked about this last two weeks, will give you the insight, the edge, the power, the might to prompt you, to alert you that, hey, my sister, this, hey, my brother, that you want to touch, you want to go, you want to pick, you want to do a sin. Don't go there. Come back. Today, I use the example of Joseph. It was not through his strength. It was through the Spirit of God and disciplined. And disciplined. It is sometimes when you don't discipline yourself, if you don't discipline yourself, it will be very difficult. Yes, the Spirit will prompt you. Yes, the Spirit will alert you. The, the, the Spirit will give you the power, the ability. But you also need what you call discipline, to discipline yourself. You need self-control. Self-control. The Spirit has given us what? Self-control. The Spirit has given us power and self-control. So if you are not able to control yourself, your edge, you will surely go back, even though you are born again. Even though you have salvation, you will still go back. You will still fall into it. Come back and ask forgiveness. The next time you go back into it, you will come back and say, God, please forgive me. You will go, God will forgive you. You will still go back. The next time God... So you, it will be like every time God forgive me of just one particular sin. One particular sin. Anytime God forgive me. Anytime God forgive me. So we need... Self-discipline and self-control. Self-discipline and self-control. Because Paul says, Paul, the apostle, is telling us today that what shall we say then? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Shall we continue to sin because the grace of God will always abound? That the grace of God is always available? Paul says that shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. That is the answer Paul gave. Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live longer in it? We can no longer live in sin. When we are saying that we are dead to sin, if we are dead to sin, then why would we still live in sin again? Never. No. So Paul says, certainly not. So today, we've talked about do not abuse the grace of God. Yes, the grace of God is always available. That is, you see, you just love the definition. It is so just loving. The grace of God. The unmerited favor. The mercy of God. Just look at this one. The compassion of God. God is always a compassionate God. He's always a merciful God. Look at this one. Kindness. God is always kind. Grace, always kind. But we shouldn't allow this 
to give us an open invitation to sin. Because God is always compassion. God always has compassion. He's always merciful. He will always accept us. Acceptance. Yes, God will always accept us. He will always show us kindness. He will always have compassion. But the second definition of grace, that is the one I love. It said the divine life and power and ability of God flowing and operating through us. So when that divine life, that divine ability operate and flow through us, we have that edge to overcome sin, to overpower sin. So when the invitation of sins start coming, we begin to reject those invitations. We refuse those invitations because the divine life and the power and the ability of God is flowing and operating through us. Somebody, God bless you today for joining us today on our prayer line at the hour of Gethsemane. I am so honored and privileged having you today as we, we, we've, we've talked about not abusing the grace of God, but rather taking advantage of the grace of God to live in accordance to the will of God. Because the grace of God gives us a divine life, the power and all abilities to overcome every sin. That's why the Bible says, He has not given us the spirit of fear, but He has given us what? He has given us power. He has given a spirit of sound mind and that of our self-control. That is what the spirit of grace has given unto you and I. This is where we'll bring the message to an end today. I want us to take some few minutes to pray together and then I'll pray with you and we'll close today. God bless you for joining today. I believe you are blessed with the word. Do not abuse the grace of God. In fact, some of these messages some Christians don't like it, but it is, it is the truth. It is the pure word of God. It is the truth. Nothing but the truth. Yes. Nothing but the truth in God's word. And I believe that you love this word today and you are happy about this word. God bless you. May the Spirit of God keep you. May the grace of God continue to abound for you and your family. Because of embracing the truth and the undiluted word of God. May the favor of God be your portion. May the unmerited favor of God be your portion. And may God always give you that edge.
May God always give you that power. May God always give you that ability that any time, that any time, that evil, any time sin is approaching, may God give you the power and the edge to reject, to refuse the act of sin and the power of sin. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. It is sin that draws men away from God. But I pray that through the grace of God, you will rather be drawn closer to God. Through the power of the grace of God, you will be drawn closer to God. A closer relationship. A closer fellowship with God. A closer association with God. A closer union with God. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May the grace of God draw you to the throne room of grace. To the throne room of heavens. Every now and then. May God give you the power to resist any sin, any temptation that will come along your way in the name of Jesus. Any temptation that the devil will plant on your way this month, this week, this year, all the days of your life, may the grace of God intervene. May the grace of God appeared and may any planted temptation be destroyed may any planted temptation be destroyed in jesus mighty name no temptation will override you no temptation will put you back to sin no temptation will put you back to live in sin in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for somebody today that may the divine life the divine life of grace continue to operate in you. Continue to flow in you. Continue to manipulate your life and influence your life positively for Christ. Positively for God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for somebody today that in all endeavors of your life, in your going in and your coming out as a Christian, as a child of God, may the grace of God abound. May the grace of God abound in Jesus' mighty name. Whenever the enemy brings something that will take you away from the presence of God, I pray that may the power of God intervene. May the power of God appear and break that plot and plan of the enemy to take you away from the presence of God. I pray for somebody 
that you cannot be taken away from the presence of God. So, Paul the Apostle said, What shall separate us from the love of God? What shall separate us from the love of God? What shall separate us from the love of God? I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing will take you out from the love of God. What shall separate us from the love of God? What? Is it persecution? Is it false accusation? Is it famine? Is it lack? Is it insufficiency? Nothing, nothing. I mean nothing. That takes us away from the love of God. From the love of the I am that I am. From the love of the Asian of days. From the love of the Alpha and Omega. I pray for somebody. That may the divine life. And power. And the ability of God. Continue to operate. And flow. In you. In the name of Jesus Christ. The power and the edge to overcome the storms of this world. The ability to overcome the storms of this world. The edge to overcome the storms of this world. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You are blessed today. You are favored. You are honored. You are loved. You are graced. In the mighty name of Jesus. God bless you all. Somebody type a big amen right now.
precious one, God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all for joining today on our prayer line at the hour of Gethsemane. God bless you. Peter, you are welcome. Peter, how are you doing? I believe you are doing well. Everything is fine with you. God bless you, Peter. Just one, the time for our first session is up, but I'm coming back to pray a short prayer for you all. So um, you can come back with me and then I'll pray with you within some short period uh, or short a minute and then we'll close. So um, you can join me back on the second session and let me pray with you to begin the week. God bless you for joining us today on our prayer line at the hour of Gethsemane. May the grace of God continue to abound and may we continue to experience the mercy, the compassion, and the kindness of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. Let's, let's come back. Our time is up, as I said. Let's all come back and let me pray with you before we go today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your name.